language warning. Dave is a sailor. Not just a sailor, but a U.S. Navy submarine sailor. If passionate adult language offends you, keep two things in mind. One, Dave does not care about your feelings. And two, nobody made you listen to the show. Get over it. Hey, you know what, guys? This right here, this rambling, boring conversation containing already made-before observations, this could be a podcast. Huh, it's actually not a bad idea. Really? A podcast? Don't you have to be some sort of whiz kid to do those? Uh, definitely not. Anyone with a computer can make one. Well, that's it. We're anyone. What, what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm a freelance audio documentarian. Mm. Awesome. Like, like podcasts and stuff? Oh, please. Podcasts are verbal narcissism for ugly journalists. Well, that would be me. An ugly journalist. No video today. I apologize for that. I apologize for my voice sounding like crap. If you at all care why, check out the show notes at plausiblylive.com, where I have described you in detail, painful though it is, why I sound like crap and why the video is not on. It's probably obvious to most of you, but... In the event that it's not, it's there. PlausiblyLive.com. It's me, Dave. It is... Well, I don't even know what day of the week it is. I know I'm supposed to leave early Friday morning. So, I've been trying to do this for two days. And this is about as far as I've gotten. But we'll try to get a little bit further in all of those moments. I don't know if you noticed this or not. I don't know if you care or not, but Facebook has banned any mention of the Black Lives Matter founder. I forget her name, which I have right in front of me here. Patrice Con Colors, 37. Facebook has banned any mention of her buying multiple properties in the United States and, in fact, in the Bahamas. You cannot post that story. Several people have tried and have informed me that Dave Facebook's not letting us post this story. So I went and tried it myself, and sure enough, Facebook said, no, this this story violates our community standards. It probably does, but not for the reasons that they think. So I did post it on MeWe with a with a screenshot of Facebook saying you can't post this. I also clicked on the thing where it says, do you disagree? Yeah, click. It asked me politely, why do you disagree? And I said, because the story is true. And I hit send, click. And it said, we're sorry. There's a technical problem with your response. We cannot accept it at this time. Which would be funny, but... Hey, who's got time for that these days? Facebook has banned this, but you you have to ask the question, what's the real problem here? Facebook's rationale for banning it, of course, is the story, for the most part, comes from the New York Post, which hitherto they've allowed. But now they're saying the New York Post is, you know, fake news. It's not real. It's out of context. It's whatever. But is the story false? Did Patrice Conkullers not buy these properties? See, here's the thing. It would be easy to prove that she didn't, right? I mean, 
there are public records available. So if she didn't, all they'd have to say is we've researched this and it's not true. If she bought the properties using presumably Black Lives Matter funds, wouldn't they be in the name of Black Lives Matter? Is this not real news? Why would Facebook then try to suppress it? And then we're back to the, is Facebook a publisher or is it a content curator? And if so, why does it get to decide which content gets put? Are there not First Amendment issues here? And again, I've long been on the side of it's a private business. They can do what they want. I don't think it's very smart of them to do this because, again, it is easily determined that they're doing it. And at some point, you're going to have to explain why you're doing it. Well, it's fake news, except that it isn't. When you have a self-described Marxist buying massive amounts of properties, you have a, uh, that's a story. That should be a story that every newspaper in the country ought to be on. But of course, that's not going to happen. The question then becomes, if, if Facebook is doing this on the basis of, well, it's the New York Post. They're not real journalists. Then it raises other questions, doesn't it? A few years ago, I think it was 2017, it might have been before that, I don't remember the exact dates, and frankly, I'm not in the mood to look things up right now, Texas, there was a Republican congressperson or state legislature, state legislator in Texas, who was upset with the fact that people were videoing police officers in the performance of their duty. Now, again, my personal position on that is the more the merrier. You know, I mean, this is what they say to us. If you got nothing to hide, what are you afraid of? Cops got nothing to hide. What are they afraid of? More the merrier when it comes to videotaping police. I have no problem with it at all. In fact, I think they ought to be constantly videoed. I frankly wouldn't bother me if somebody went with them all the time videotaping everything they did. Videotaping, he said, knowing full well that it's all cell phone video. But this Texas legislator was upset with people doing this, and he wanted to put a stop to it by declaring that anybody that didn't have a journalist credential who was videoing police was in violation now of Texas law. That's the law he wanted. A Republican said this. You, you find yourself going, wait, what? What? The argument, of course, is that, well, there are other professions that require to have, that, that are required individuals involved to have certain levels of credentials. Teachers have to have a certain level of credentials. Healthcare workers have to have a certain level of credentials. Teachers already said that. Background checks for childcare workers and the likes of that. Why shouldn't we apply these same kinds of standards to journalists? Well, that's an interesting question, isn't it? Why shouldn't we apply these kinds of standards? Because, well, I mean, these people could be doing things that that will upset the apple cart and make it'll make what happens if one of them accidentally takes a picture of a of a little girl napalmed running down the street and publishes it in the newspapers. And all of a sudden, the US Army has to explain what the hell it's doing. What happens if one of them accidentally videotapes 
a black man being beaten viciously by a cop with a nightstick. Can't have that. We've got to license these people. Well, thankfully, the bill quickly did not see the light of day. And I'm assuming someone bitch slapped the Republican legislator. I don't know that they did. I'm assuming that they did because, dude, you can't say on one hand, yeah, we support freedom of speech, freedom of the press. And then on the other hand, say, "Mm, but only for people that the government has said can do it. But that's what they wanted to do. Michigan has tried this. Other states have tried this. It raises the question of who actually has a First Amendment right to the freedom of the press. And while you might think that the answer is clear, it's becoming less and less clear because technology, lifestyles, events, and available materials have changed. I've told you this before. I used to be a professional musician. We used to be in a band. We made money. That makes me a professional. We weren't very good. We were okay. We weren't great. But one of the things that's difficult about being in the music industry is you had to do certain things. You had to have certain kinds of equipment. You had to go to a studio to record. You had to do all these things. And one of the most revolutionary things that ever happened was the ability to record things without having to pay somebody $300 an hour to use their studio or more or hire a sound engineer or hire a a producer or those kinds of things. You could do it yourself all of a sudden. Hell, I'm sitting in front of a Tascam board. I've talked about this Tascam board that is a portable recording studio. I can do things on this portable recording studio that I only dreamed about doing 20, 25, 35 years ago. It's amazing what I can do. It's fantastic. And I don't do music anymore, but it's still broadcasting, right? Well, the same thing has happened in the world of communication, the world of journalism, the rise of the blog, the rise of the vlog, the video blog, the rise of the ability of average people to sit down in front of a computer and type to get their, sorry, that's a bad sound effect. I should do, should do the real one, right? Just like that. The, 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 you can do it. I can do it. My wife can do it. Anybody can sit down in front of it. And now with microblogging, with Facebook, Twitter, and the like, social media is not in effect everything we say somewhat journalistic in its, in its nature. If I make an observation, a report of something that's happening, is that not journalism? Therein lies the question, doesn't it? And because it's journalism, well, is it regulated? Does it, does it have to meet certain standards or not? Does it have to meet certain ideological processes? Does it have to meet certain legal processes? If I were to sit down and write a blog about, I don't know, let's pick a good one. Ion Modesto, one of my favorites. My, my good friend Pepper does the, the Ion Modesto blog, and it is a investigative journalistic blog that looks into the foibles of Modesto and Stanislaw County in California. If you've never read it, if you're not familiar with it, I like Pepper. Pepper and I disagree on virtually everything there is. Every political position there is, 
we're on opposite sides, but I really like the guy. He's funny. He's intelligent. He's sharp witted. He has a razor sharp sense of humor that's out of this world. And his blog is fantastic. Is it journalism? Now, we used to write together for the Modesto B as, as freelance columnists. Are we journalists? The B would go out of their way to say we were freelancers. That's why we got paid on a, con, you know, on, a, on a different system. And we didn't get paid much. We got $35 a column back then. And we were to never say that we were employees of the B. What is a journalist? Well, in the city of Charlottesville, the Charlottesville, Virginia, by the way, the question has come to a real pointed moment, I suppose is the best way to put it, because there is a great deal of concern about what exactly is a journalist for freedom of speech conditions. Now, the city of Charlottesville is just like your city, wherever you are. It's broke. It's, it's, it's been run by morons for so long that there just isn't enough money to do what they want to do. And of course, the bigger problem is not that there isn't enough money. It's that they want to do too much stuff. They want to do stuff that really they shouldn't be doing, but they need more money to do this. And so the city of Charlottesville, Virginia hit on a, hit on a really, well, from a, from a civil servant viewpoint, a really brilliant plan. All these musicians, all these writers are that, that, that live here in Charlottesville, all these creative people that live here in Charlottesville, <laughs> we've now decided that they're businesses. And because they're businesses, they are required to pay a business license fee and be taxed as businesses. In fact, the, the actual ordinance says taxing repair, personal, business, or other services. So in the particular cases we've been looking at, that I've been looking at, we have a musician who made, I think, $7,000 a couple of years ago, several years ago. She grossed $7,467 in 2012 as a freelance writer and musician. County Auditor says, oh, that's the wrong number. They've lumped all of her income together would be my guess and said, no, she made $700,000. She owes us a hundred grand. No, I'm sorry. That's incorrect because she made more than a hundred grand. She owes us $4,000 plus interest and penalties. And if you've ever dealt with tax people, you know that that's, that's where they get you. Of course, her tax return says something different, but the county auditor doesn't care. We have a couple of authors, people who write books for a living. Or not even for a living, just for fun. They write books, they sell the books, the books get sold. And no doubt they, they get 1099 on that by their publisher, I'm sure. They paid the appropriate taxes, they paid 
you know, the, the appropriate amount of income tax on the income that they earned from those things. But now Charlottesville, the city of Charlottesville in the state of Virginia has said, no, because you're a business and you published four novels, four books, you are a business and you owe us thousands of dollars in business license taxing taxes based dating back to 2015. Oh, and by the way, they've just recently told these people this. This, this isn't like back in 2015, 2012. They said, you owe us money for this. Nope. This is a, as Dave Barry would once have described it, a creative reading of the, the ordinance in question. How creative? probably using a strobe light as they read it, because that's the, pretty much the only way you can pull this out of there. They can tax repair, personal businesses, or other services. It's pretty broad-based, isn't it? What other services might you provide? Babysitters. What other services might you provide that normally lemonade stands, that normally would not require a business license, or, or the taxes that are associated with that, in addition to the taxes you're already paying if you pay them on the income. John Hart has written five New York Times bestsellers, won several awards for his books, lives in Albemarle, Albemarle County, can never say that word, A-L-B-E-M-A-R-L-E. -E. I used to live there and I can't pronounce it. Anyway, in January of last year, the county assessed him thousands of dollars in business license taxes dating back to 2013, because he'd been writing since 2006, you see, sitting at his dining room table with an ancient laptop that basically is a word processor, and there you go. He and another author moved to Charlottesville because they loved the beauty, history, peace, and quiet. Yeah, I've been there. It's beautiful. There is a lot of history. There you go. There's also a huge creative environment there. There's a lot of uh, community of creative people, musicians, writers, that sort of thing. Oddly enough, though, <laughs> the city of Charlottesville has a specific exemption for this particular law. This particular law that says if you do any kind of thing that we've decided is business, we're going to tax you on it unless, unless you're a newspaper, a magazine, or other periodicals, a radio station, or a TV station. If you're a freelance journalist or a freelance musician, you got to pay. Now. Is that a violation of the First Amendment's protections of freedom of the press? Is that a violation of the idea that expression is a protected right? And the city of city and county of Charlottesville and Albemarle County want to tax that. Moreover, since the Supreme Court has specifically said that the government isn't allowed to base to discriminate based on who is speaking, and has in the past specifically cautioned against this very thing. The very selection of the press for special treatments threatens the press not only with, con with current differential treatment, but with the possibility of subsequently 
differentially more burdensome treatment. Wrote Justice Scalia once upon a time. The traditional press is important, but it is not entitled to special government favors that are then denied to freelance creative entrepreneurs. Including, by the way, (laughs) taxing. They are using a catch-all provision, a catch-22 provision, that is unconstitutional under the First Amendment and under the 14th Amendment, equal protection. And yet they stand there with a straight face going, no, we expect these little people to come up with all this money because we're too stupid to budget. And the only thing I kept thinking as I'm reading this, it's about books and it's about musicians, and I'm wondering how many podcasts are based out of Charlottesville. You know, the dream of every, every podcaster, and I don't care who they are, yes, even me, is to make gobs of money doing this and pay lots of income taxes on even more money that we make. But is it journalism? Is blogging journalism? They run ads on blogs. All these people that are making a little bit of money here and there, expressing their opinion, expressing their position on the issues of the day, now stand in threat of Charlottesville and other communities, saying to them, oh, you're a business, you need to provide us with a business license, oh, and the taxes, and we're going to run this back to whenever we pass this idiotic law, this idiotically vague law, we're going to run it all the way back to then. So if your community happened to pass a similar law, say in 2000 or 2005, or even before that, theoretically, they could say, well, how long have you been doing this? You owe us for all of that. Now, what effect is that going to have? I can tell you right now that if they knocked on my door, sent me a letter saying, hey, Dave, you've been doing a podcast since 2015. You owe us business taxes in the amount of anything more than a penny for the last six years. Do you think that's going to have a chilling effect on free speech on, on, on this show? Do you think, do you think I'm going to be all that anxious to sit down in front? Yeah, I'm going to fight it. Yeah, I'm going to fire lawyers. And yeah, I'm going to take it as far as I can. But what if I lose? Do you not think that that's going to have a chilling effect on freedom of speech? Not just for me, but for podcasters and musicians and authors around the country? If Charlottesville's told, hey, yeah, go ahead and tax these people as businesses. And oh, by the way, is there a little element of ex post facto here? I don't know if there is or not, because I, I Pat, the lawyer, and I had this discussion. I, I think the argument's going to be, look, just because, just because our bureaucrats are stupid and didn't enforce it properly doesn't make it ex post facto. I think it does, but, you know, what are you going to do? The whole idea that we have to have a court look at this. See, this, this is the thing that pisses me off. This is the thing that frustrates me beyond belief. We elect these people to these offices to support and defend the Constitution of the United States, not to enrich themselves. They hire bureaucrats who do not give a goddamn about any of that. They don't care. All they want is more money and more power. You think that they even give up about what's in the First Amendment? It's not about the First Amendment. It's about what they can get away with. And these politicians let them do it.
And we let the politicians do it because we don't hold them accountable. And then we stand there and go, why in God's name do we have to take this to a court when a chimp could see that this is a violation of the First Amendment? I swear to God. It's, it's, it's like... It's like my head is exploding from the pollen. My eyes are being clawed out by the vision of what I'm seeing here. The idea that we can treat anybody's speech differently because well, they're traditional media and they're not, and we don't like what they have to say because they're the New York Post and they're reporting on things we don't like. And the way we'll get them to shut up is by using the power and gun of government to take from them the very means by which they communicate. Is that a violation of the First Amendment? You're goddamn right it is. And the fact that there are some judges somewhere who can't see that, some politicians who can't see that, how the hell does anybody on the Charlottesville City Council, City Council, the Abermile County City County government, stand there and sleep, stand there in a meeting and with a straight face and say to their citizens, "Yeah, this is this is legit." How do they sleep at night? You want to know what's wrong with your country? <laughs> That's where it is, right there. Don't tell me that politics doesn't start at the grass level, because it does. And if we let them get away with taxing free speech, what's next? Taxing thingy? 